0: Good morning, and welcome to Living Word Chapel. We're so glad that you're joining us here today to worship the Lord and just let the Lord speak to our hearts. So, um, as we welcome you, just wanted to mention that if you are new to our campus, the you know, first time here, we do have some connection cards that are in the front of, or the seats um, in front of you, and so put as much information as you're comfortable with. Of course, it's uh, your name, email, and so forth. And you can take it to the Welcome Center in the back where it says new here, start here. And uh, there's a gift for you there. So we're very thankful that you're here today. Also, if you're a regular attendee, we have the yellow card. And that's uh, for you to express praise reports and also prayer requests. Just so you know, we do meet on Tuesday mornings at 6 in the morning, and a group of prayer warriors lift these prayer requests to the Lord. So be sure to mention if you have any prayer requests, and we'll, of course, uh, love to pray together with you. So of course, we always value your generosity, and generosity is a core value here at Living Word Chapel. And uh, there's many ways to give. And um, as you know, we do have our new website, which is lwconline.org. And you can give online. You can even send your gift through the mail. But also we have giving stations in the back. Now another very important core value here at Livingwood Chapel is simplicity. And simplicity is really adhering to the simple gospel of christ you know the gospel is not really complicated if we think about it the gospel is simply the love of god and how he showed it to us by sending his son christ and we hold and adhere to the truth that the gospel is jesus plus nothing so let's say it together jesus plus nothing Nothing, right? Or is Jesus plus something? No, nothing at all. Is Jesus plus nothing? So, definitely uh, wanted to emphasize that core value this morning.
1: And then going along with that theme of the simplicity of the gospel, we'll be starting our small group September nineteenth, and that's a church-wide campaign. And we're going to be looking at the story of reality by uh, Greg Kolkal, and uh, he's a great apologist. Uh, great speaker and uh we're just really excited to be able to present that to you and you'll we'll be giving you uh more information as we go along there'll be uh tables in the back uh not this Sunday but as we go forward where you can sign up if you're not in a small group uh you can sign up find where they're located you can also go to our website again that's lwconline.org and uh you can sign up there or you could talk to me or Ruth and uh, if you're interested in starting a small group, so you have a couple of friends and, and you don't like any of the days that the small groups are meeting and you want to meet on a different day, come see me. I'll get you the materials and uh, start your own group. Um, at that, why don't we stand up, get ready to worship. And I'm going to have Ruth uh, open in prayer.
0: Heavenly Father, we come before you with joy, with thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord. And we want to lift the name of Jesus this morning in community, Lord, as your church, as your people. So bless the service, Lord, bless the speaker, bless our worship leaders, Lord, and just as we lift our hearts to you, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name.
2: the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea. Saves, we sing to the God who always takes away. Cause He hung up on that cross and He rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your Destroying the house of the Lord, our God is showing me in the face, and we won't quiet shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty, we, we were, were the prisoners, th- and now we're running free, we are forgiven except Redeemed by His grace, let the house of the Lord sing. Sim
3: Church. Good morning online church. Wherever you are, praise God. Can you believe today is August 1st, the first Sunday of every month? We come together as a family of believers, as a family as children of God, to partake in this offering that Jesus asked us to. You may sit down if you like. At the Last Supper. So if you have you received your cup with the wafer and the and the juice. If you're at home, I recommend just get a wafer from home, a piece of bread, maybe some juice and share with us as a family. So if you haven't received one of these cups, please raise your hand, the ushers will bring you one. It's a little interesting to open, it's a two part cup. The top is the wafer, pull that cellophane wrap off of that and um, As far as the juice, it's an aluminum uh, wrapper, so pull that off. Do this in your own time as the uh, worship team leads us in this moment together with the Lord. Partake. Take it in your time.
2: E Amém Amore and Lord, she Jesus, precious Jesus. Jesus. Santa
4: Here's the deal, we're all pretty smart. I mean, this is the information age. We finally arrived and now ooze with intelligence. However, it wasn't always like it is today. About 2,000 years ago, a guy named Ptolemy thought that the universe revolved around the Earth. And it wasn't until about 500 years ago that people realized, hey, maybe this Earth is not flat. Sure, that was the Stone Age, but it's still been a slow process for man. But even the past 100 years has been filled with misguided wisdom. Check it. In 1899, the Patent Office President was ready to close up shop because according to him, everything that could be invented had been. Gosh, I can't think of anything that's been invented since then. Let me think.
1: Mm.
4: Anyway. Or how about Wilbur Wright in 1901 saying man would not fly for 50 years. Uh, Wilbur, thanks for the first successful flight only a couple of years after you said that. Oh, here's a favorite of mine. In 1908, Henry Ford's lawyer said, the horse is here to stay. The automobile is only a novelty, a fad. Wow, you got two things wrong in one quote and undermine your client's work. That's impressive. Well, you know this one. A technical journal said, and I quote, the Titanic is made practically unsinkable, except for the fact that it sank. That last part was me, not the quote. Or how about when Henry M. Warner of Warner Brothers asked a doozy, He said, who wants to hear actors talk? I'm like, uh, everybody, unless it's a Keanu movie. Or this, the father of radio said in 1967, man will never reach the moon regardless of all future scientific advances. This quote became garbage two years later. Or how about the founder of IBM who once said, there is a world market for maybe five computers. Add about eight zeros and you hit it right on the head, buddy. Okay, that's enough. Now look, I realize some of these comments were somewhat recent. But here's the cool part. I think the tide has finally turned and we have reached a state of enlightenment. Because honestly, we're stinking smart. Now, it is okay to say that man has all the answers. I mean, Hey, what's that? Wait, I can't... Hang on, I can't read this backwards. Let me see. What? This is ridiculous. Hey, who put this here? Hey, Tony. Well, go find out. This is crazy, guys. Is this a joke? No, of course I'm mad. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll just see about that, won't we? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm out of here, pal. Hey, move. I'm gone. I am gone. man.
5: Don't we think in our maybe generation or whatever era we're in that uh, we've arrived you know, kind of every generation thinks, we've we really arrived, now we ha- we're at this place where we have these devices, and they are called smart devices. I mean, what else do you need? If you need anything, just ask Google, right? You say, Siri, uh, you know, take me to this place, and it does, t- help me navigate. But here's the reality that all of us, every person needs God, Amen. the creator and the sustainer of everything that is. And so we are going to embark on a journey for the month of August. We're doing a campaign, and so we're kicking it off today, and it's 31 days in the book of wisdom. It's called Proverbs in the Old Testament. It was written by Solomon, and most of the Proverbs were written by this man. He was called the, the, the wisest man to ever live, except for Jesus Christ. And so Solomon had all this wisdom, and if you read these Proverbs, they increase the wisdom that we need every day. In fact, what I want you to take away today is that we need wisdom for every day. And I want us to differentiate the difference between a Proverb and a promise. Because there are promises in the Word of God, and that's not a Proverb. A promise is something that we get like God can accomplish this in us. For example, God gives us the strength that we need. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In other words, it's not my strength, but it's the strength that God gives to me. Whether I am abounding in everything or I'm abasing in nothing... God gives me the strength that I need to be able to navigate through this thing called life. How about God will never abandon us? That's a promise from God. In Deuteronomy 3.16 it says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. The Lord your God will go ahead of you. He will never fail you or abandon you. See, in life you need to know that God will be with you no matter what you are going through. He will never leave your side. That's a promise from God, another promise that He gives us is that God's plans will always prosper. Did you know that? If God is working for you, then who can be against you? No matter what you're going through, that's a promise from God. Uh, in, in Jeremiah 29:11, it says, "God's plans are to give us a hope and a future." Who needs some hope in here today? Yeah. Who needs a, a, a future? To know, you know, for you to know that tomorrow is going to be a good day if God's in it. That's a promise from God. And then we also have a promise that he will hear our prayers. This is what, uh, what God spoke in, in John 14, verse 13 and 14. He said, you can ask, this is Jesus talking, you can ask for anything in my name, according to my will, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father Ask anything in my name and it will be done. That's a promise from God that, that we know that if we're submitted to God's will, that everything we ask in the name of Jesus, he will do. I don't know if you know this, but we have been praying for rain <laughs> in the name of Jesus and he answered. You may, you may think it's a coincidence, but I'm going to say there's a lot of coincidence when you ask in the name of Jesus. A lot of great things happen. So the difference between a promise is, a promise provides this, it's provided by God, but a proverb is a principle that will give you guidance for your day. It's it's wisdom that comes from God, and you have to implement it in your day. Here's what the great evangelist, Luis Palau, he, he said this, He said, the book of Proverbs talks about every imaginable basic aspect of life. Whether it's love, parenting, money, sex, God, relationships. Did I say sex? Relationships, it instructs us in business, public policy, government, and family. It's the best counsel in the whole world. And guess what? It's free. So here's what I would like for us to do. First service, online campus. I want for us every day, today we start day one, we're going to read Proverbs 1. Tomorrow's day two, we're going to read what? Proverbs 2. All of us together in, in your homes, at work, wherever you're, not at work, you're there to work, but maybe on your lunch break. At night, we're going to read Proverbs 2, Proverbs 3. And I want for us to consider doing this. At, in our real men uh, uh, nights that we have the, when we get together, the real men for our, for our studies, we do three things. The first thing is we read the word because the word changes our lives. The second thing that we do is we talk it over. So we talk amongst each other and we talk about what the word spoke to our hearts and to our lives. And then the third thing that we do is we encourage one another. We're our brother's keepers. And what I'd like for you to consider is during this campaign, partner up with someone, find someone, a friend, someone that you're with, and I want you to encourage them, text them, say, you know what, I'm praying for you today, I pray you have a good day, just strengthen each other, and I believe we're going to be better in 31 days, because we are better together. Online campus, if you send us an email, you send us a, uh, you know, uh, contact us through any kind of our electronic platforms, we will we will. praying for you, we will walk with you, but you can find someone that's going to be there for you as well. And what I want for us to, to kind of grab a hold of is, as we read through the book of Proverbs, our approach is going to be different from the way that we look at other books of the Bible. Proverbs, along with Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon are referred to as wisdom literature. And these five books, they deal precisely with our human struggles and real life experiences. And they're not meant to be rushed through, but rather they are to be pondered upon. In fact, the the Hebrew word that is translated as proverb comes from the root word meaning to be like. And as we read the Proverbs we are going to understand that we're just like what is being written to us. We have those challenges when it comes to daily life. We, we have those challenges with other people that the, the Bible might call foolish, but some of us act pretty foolish at times. And we need the wisdom of God. Some of us struggle with with some sexual temptation. Some of us struggle with with anger issues. Some of us struggle with political things. All these things will be dealt with in Proverbs. And I'll tell you that if all of us together seek the counsel of God, we will be better for our world. We'll be better for our families. We'll be better for everyone that we come into contact with. And so I'm just believing for for great things. Here's, Here's what James said in the New Testament. In uh, chapter 1, verse 5, he said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. The greatest thing that we could ever ask for, the greatest thing is not you know, a new car, it's not more money, it's not a new house. The greatest thing that we could ask for is for the wisdom of God to lead our lives. And I believe he'll give you everything else. I mean, a car means nothing to God. He can give you that. He can give you five cars. A house, you know, that's, he loves you to have a new house. That's what he wants. He'll give you a house. He'll give you two or three houses. I don't know. But that's not the more, most important thing. The most important thing is that we have the wisdom of God to lead us in our everyday life. And so here's my, my points. I want to talk about three things as we think about wisdom for every day. Okay, here's the first thing. Wisdom for every day leads us to live disciplined. Hit someone with your elbow. Live disciplined, right? Experience success and do what's right, just, and fair. Isn't that great? It's not like if I made this up or thought about it myself, this is the word of God. This is what we find in Proverbs 1. And this is how Proverbs 1 begins. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. I said this before, Solomon was known as the wisest person to walk the face of the earth. People came from all over the world to listen to him, to learn from his wisdom. Dignitaries, kings and queens came to listen to him. But what we need to understand that... It was not his wisdom, it was God's wisdom. Because we read another book that he wrote, it's called Ecclesiastes, and he talks about how this world is folly, how this world is vanity, it's empty without having God. And Solomon had strayed away from the things of God's purposes, and in that, he found that life without God being at the center, leaves to a lot of emptiness in our lives. So he made a lot of mistakes, and that's what I love about the Bible. Here's what I love about the Bible. Is that there's no one who's perfect in the Bible except for one, and that's Jesus. Yes. So we don't want to be like David. We don't want to be like Solomon. We don't want to be like Peter. We don't want to be like anybody. We want to be like Christ. And, and Christ leads us through his word through imperfect people. And that's good news for us, is that all of us are imperfect, but we're seeking a perfect one. And his name is Jesus. Verse two goes like this, their purpose, in other words, the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand insights of the wise. What if in the next 31 days you could change one bad habit that you have? Think about it. What's the one thing that you would change? If you could change anything in your life, you know, that you've been struggling with, what if in these 31 days you could change that? There's a, there's a book that was written by Charles Duhigg. It's a, it's a New York Times bestselling, books, bestselling book, and it's, it's called The Power of Habit. It's a wonderful book. It's impacted a lot of people's lives. And, and Charles Duhigg said this. He says... Change might not be fast, and it isn't always easy, but with time and effort, almost any habit can be reshaped. The book of Proverbs helps us to understand and see those habits in our lives that need to be changed. And in these 31 days, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take us taking the time and implementing the power of God and the word of God into our lives to change one thing. I'm saying one thing to each of you and to you that are watching online. One thing, because if you try to do three, you're going to quit. If you try to do two, you're going to quit. But if there's one thing that you can stop doing, maybe it's a little bit of gossip. You're know, you don't, you're just concerned about people, and you just talk about them just a little bit. And maybe you want to change that a little bit, or maybe it's, it's negativity. Maybe you just, everything that, that, you know, your day starts out okay, you know, you're fine until you, you put your feet out of the bed, and then you just start getting negative about everything, right? And, and there's nothing, no one does anything right. And so, you, you know, you, you talk about how everyone should be doing this and this and this and this, but maybe God will lead you to look at yourself first and say, Lord, work in me so I can be a blessing. Or maybe it's, it's just, maybe you have a, a very, very negative self image of yourself. You know, you just don't look at yourself like if you have any worth. Maybe we can change that in these, in these 31 days. And I believe that, that it will really change your life. And it could be something very practical like a budget. You know, maybe you need a budget in your life because your finances are out of whack. Maybe it's an eating plan that, that you, you just need to eat better so you'll feel better. And, uh, you know, you, you don't need to eat that fifth taco like I did last night. And, <laughs> and I, I'm really good about talking about things. I'm really, it's very difficult to do them, so I'm with you on this one. And so maybe it's just that one thing that we're going to push that taco away and eat more salads. I don't know, but we're going to try together to make it happen. Here's what verse 3 says. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined, successful lives, to help them do what is right. Just and fair. So here's my hope for this month, for me. It's to become more disciplined in a part of my life. But it's for us as well. It's for me to experience success. It's for you to experience success God's way. It's for for me to do the right things. to, To live a just life. To be fair as God leads me and us together to do the same and these proverbs are for everybody it's it's not like if there's someone that's exclusive it's all inclusive here's what verse four says these proverbs will give insight to the simple what's one of our core values simplicity simplicity God wants to speak to those that are simple, the uneducated. And he wants to give knowledge and wisdom to the young. So young people are not excluded. Verse 5. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables. The words of the wise and their their riddles. And widdles. Depends what side of the tracks you're on. I thought about this. Proverbs are better than superfoods. They are. And how many of you put a little bit of spinach or kale in your protein shake in the morning? Raise your hand. I'm the only one. We got two. Start doing it. It's good for you. Right? It's better than a superfood. It'll help you for your day. Here's the second point, Okay. Wisdom for every day helps us to follow the path that's laid out by God's wisdom. You'll read in Proverbs where it says, There's a way that seems right to a person, to a man or a woman, but in the end it leads to destruction. All of us are on a, on a path in life. I always talk to my, my, my children about the principle of the path. It doesn't matter what road you're on. If you're on a road... And there's, there's, there's alcohol or drugs or there's, or there's, you know, kind of a wayward living. If you're on that path, it's going to lead you to a place of destruction. It doesn't matter. Amen? Amen. If you're, if you're on a road where you're, where you're seeking the things of God, that will lead you to a place of peace and joy and all the things that are attributed to God. And so that's what God wants for all of us. We need to, to stay on track. We need God's path and His wisdom. And there's a difference between God's wisdom and human knowledge. The things that people know. And here's, here's how we get the wisdom of God, verse seven. The fear of the Lord is a foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You ever had someone in your life and and maybe they're going off course and you you try to talk to them and they they say, you know what, that's good for you, but I'm okay. I was that person. And I have the scars to show it. Right here on this this hand, I have have scars from, from a surgery that I had because I had my hand crushed underground. And in that time in that season, I was very far from God. I didn't, I didn't walk with Jesus. And, and I remember that, that my wife and I had split up because of some, some very ignorant and dumb things that I had done. Because I didn't know how to follow the things of God. I, worked, I, I went to work underground. And I remember that day as, as I went, uh, I was working for, for the concrete department. So we had these big pots. We had a big uh, concrete machine that was on a tugger, a winch, a big winch. And that winch had a lot, a lot of pressure, a lot of torque, and it was not set up right. And I was, I was not feeling too good because of uh, excessive drinking the night before. And I told the guy, let me run, let me run this, the, the pots, which meant let me do the, the, the lifting the winch, the concrete machine up and down. And it was broken. And I said, we'll fix it when we're done with these, these pots. We had 12 yards of concrete, and you couldn't wait because the concrete was set up and you'd be in trouble. And I'll never forget that my wife and I had, had been in, in, in just at each other, and we didn't have a good relationship. I didn't have God. I didn't even know how to treat my wife. And she had left to New Mexico. And she, when she left, she said, I can't do this anymore. And I said, Good. I, don't, I can't do it. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done. And I went to work the next day, and this is what I had this, this situation with that winch that was set up wrong, the, the concrete machine and uh, after the third pot, I was looking at my partner who was on the, on the, um, on the engine or the, the, uh, the motor, which was, which was a little, the, 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 it was a train that pushed these concrete pots on the track, and as he was going back, I was not looking at what was going on, and that machine caught my hand and crushed it completely, and everyone was going crazy, and I, w- I thought my- I lost my hand. And guess what I did when I came to my senses, they took this machine off of me, my hand was completely crushed. Uh, it was the next best thing to a tortilla as they took it out of there with all, my fe- with all my metacarpal bones broken. We got to the ambulance and I said, call my wife. I didn't say call, call uh, my mom, You know, call my my dad, call my brothers, call my wife. And this fool, this foolish person, God loved me and was working in my circumstances because have you known that when you're talking to a foolish person, it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to do it their way. Right? But God used that situation to make me look up and begin to ask, God, if you're real, I need you in my life. I can't do this anymore. Because here's the thing is that, that uh, when we want wisdom, wisdom always comes vertically. Oh, yes. Knowledge comes horizontally. I've learned a lot of things from people in my life. But I've learned what's important from God in my life. And so if you're in here and maybe you've been, you've been struggling, maybe you've been trying to do things in your own ability, you've been fighting the things of God, God wants to speak to you today today. I love the way the Passion Translation puts it. It says, we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Do you see where there's a part that we play in this? There's obedience. We have to submit ourselves to the things of God. We fight against the good purposes of God trying to do things our way, and it ends up in a dead-end road. If you've had one broken relationship after another, it's because you're trying to do it your own way. Try doing it God's way. If you've had some bad situations at work, maybe it's because you've been trying to do things work, trying to do work in your own ability. Just try to do it in God's ability. Verse 8 My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Parenting is God's idea. And not all parents are good. Not all parents submit themselves to the things of God but God's idea and his ideal is always to bring parents into his love and into his grace so that they can lead their children amen it doesn't matter what's happened to you in your past it doesn't matter what kind of a upbringing you had you can change that generational curse in your own life you can become the parent that your kids need you can become the grandparent that your grandkids need you know he wants us to honor our father and our mother and to be in a restored relationship. Verse 9, what you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. When we allow the Lord to change our lives, he makes us the best parents that we can be. My, my, one of my top goals in life is to be a parent that honors God. To be a parent to, to my daughter, Cassie, to my son, James, and to my son, Jacob. And, and I've failed many times. But I know that I seek the wisdom of God in everything that I do. And with my grandchildren as well. And, and he wants us to desire those things to become all, that we can, all we can do. Verse 10, my child, if sinners entice you. In other words, there's going to be people that will come into your life. If sinners entice you, turn your back on them. Notice this, that when we walk away from God, we turn our back on God. And we walk away from his ways. And we walk toward sinners. God says, do the opposite. When sinners entice you and they tell you, do this, try this, let's go and do this. That's that's contrary to what's good for you and good for your family. Turn your back on them and walk toward God. You see, when, when, when I walked away from God, I didn't know God for, for 26 years of my life. I hung around with all my friends. We did our thing, and they loved me. When I turned my back and started walking toward God in repentance, my friends said this. At the very start of my walk with Jesus, they said, we love the old James a lot better. And I said to them, yeah, yeah you love him, but my wife and my kids love this new James. They love this guy. Now, now, hear me. This is important for you. Okay, verse eleven. They may say, "Come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone, just for fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death." Think of what. Think of the great things uh, we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your loss with us. We'll share all the loot. And God says, my child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their path. So there may be someone in here that you, you're being pulled, you're being tempted to do things that are contrary to God. Walk away from those things today. Not tomorrow, but today. And walk toward the one who really loves you. Walk toward the one that has a good purpose for your life. Walk toward the one that can give you what you can never have without him. Verse 16, they rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They're trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money because it, it robs them of life. God is not telling you not to, not to pursue uh, the things that are going to be good for you, but don't pursue the things that are going to take your soul and your heart and your life. Money's not the answer, God is. Hear me now. God will provide everything we need, He'll take care of us. He's a good God. Here's the third point right here. Wisdom for every day encourages us to submit to the voice of God's wisdom. What is wisdom speaking to you today? Pause, think about it. What is wisdom speaking to you today? Review your week right now. Review your past month. Review your past year. Ponder it. What is wisdom telling you? What are the things that have been setting you off? What are the things that are, that that take you off course? Verse 20, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city. We can never say that God's not reaching out to us. God is always reaching out to us through our circumstances. God was speaking to me when I crushed my hand. God was speaking to me, you know, when I took a ride in a, in, in a police car just for fun one time. I just wanted to see what it was like. I didn't like it. But God was speaking. Wisdom was saying, is this what you want? You know, the things, the, the folly, the, the, the crazy things that we've done. Maybe you've gone up in the morning and you just your head hurts real bad and you feel like throwing up and you're wondering, what happened? And you see the empty bottles. Oh, okay, I see. I've never done that before. Never done that once before, right? And there's all kinds of different things that we struggle, but wisdom continues to, to shout at us. And then verse 22, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? In other words, grow up. How long will you mockers relish your mocking? In other words, you're talking about people. You're always saying, ah, look at this guy. Look at this girl. Look at this. Look at this. Look at me. And the reality, you're doing something worse than what they are. How long will you fools hate knowledge? And verse 23, come and listen to my counsel. I share my heart with you and make you wise. In other words, God's wisdom comes with passion. What are you passionate about today? Can I tell you what God is passionate about? You. He passionately. Loves you. When Jesus went to the cross, he went there with every part of himself. His physical body, he went there, he hurt for you. His emotional part of his body, his soul longed for you, his heart loved you, and his spiritual body, he wanted to make you right with the Father. He wants you to be right. And when you're right with God, you're right with the one who matters in life. And he calls to you. He, he talks to you. But you have to be teachable. The wisest people in life are teachable. I talked about 26 years. I was unteachable. I remember my dad getting in the vehicle with me, and, and, and I had a Corvette. And my dad got in the car with me. I was just, I was wasted, in Lordsburg, New Mexico. And he said, "Come home, come home." My wife was there with my oldest daughter at the time, baby. She was a baby. You know, we were in those days in the Corvette. We used to put a carrier in there, in the back, in the little hatch. There was no seat belts. I didn't wear seat belts. We used to, you know, just put put them in there, and they just rock whenever you were driving. But she wasn't with me. Just to thank the Lord. But I, I went off, I, 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 she said, just park the car, stay home. Your wife is inside. I said, nah, dad, get out of the car. I went out that night, wasted and did wasteful things and almost destroyed my life and my marriage. But God kept shouting to me. Wisdom kept whispering to me to tell me there's a better way. When when I talk about these things it's because they're real. It's because there's a foolish way to live and there's a wise way to live. And this book never fails us. You can compare it to every other literature. This book is alive. It's got the living principles of God. Verse 24, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid me no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. I did that for 26 years. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. You ever been there where you're like, God, where are you at? And wisdom is allowing for for your life to run its course until you're done with you and you open up yourself to him. Amen? I, I had to be done with me. To be open for him. And that's the best place for us to be in life. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore they, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. Choking on their own schemes. For simple for simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. But all who will listen to God will live at peace. and you will not be troubled by harm. There's a lot of harm in this world. I'm getting ready to do a service, a memorial service on in August 21st for that hero that went into that burning fire and was shot. Cuz he went tried to save whoever was there and he was shot and killed. And I'm preparing myself to do that service, preparing my heart for, to speak to a multitude of people and for, for the, the ex-wife and the son who are trying to make sense of what's happened. But here's what I know for sure. God will speak to me so that I can speak to them the wisdom from God. We don't know the answers, but we know who is the answer. And that's Jesus Christ. And so as we're here today, as we close our service, the greatest thing that we could ever do is make room for God in our life. The wisest thing for you is to honor him. That's what the fear of the Lord is, just to honor God, respect him, have reverence for him. And when we do that, when we submit to God, he will honor you. Your life will change. Your relationships will change. Everything about your life will change. It's not about anybody except for God doing it because he has the power and the ability to do the things that we can't. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And for you that are online, I would love for you to consider consider giving your life to Jesus by saying yes to him. That's where wisdom starts. It starts with God. If you're here this morning and maybe you've been living your life independently of God. And and today you're saying, I need Jesus to be central. To be priority. To make him Lord. Curios. Of my life. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It's just God. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I'm trying to manage My life. I'm trying, I'm tired of of trying to navigate through the difficulties on my own. Today I admit that I need you. I admit that I am a sinner and I need a savior. And so I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for all of my sins. My past my present and my future sins, everything that I will ever do wrong. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so I confess him as my Lord, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. I choose to embrace your wisdom and to put off my folly and to serve you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer right now, I'd love to invite you just to acknowledge that by raising your hand and say, that's me. I prayed that prayer. I'm going to follow Jesus on this. Amen. Beautiful to see those hands going up. God is so gracious and so good. Now, if you did that online, we'd also love, I see your hand in the back, by the way. Praise God for that. If you said that online, we'd love for you to maybe on the, um, if you're on Facebook premiere, maybe on the comments, you can put the hallelujah praise hands. Or you can say, I said yes to Jesus today. If you're watching through our online platform on our website, there's a place there that you can get and you can email us. And we just love to acknowledge that we want to celebrate you. In fact, we want to give a big hand to everybody that gave their life to Jesus today. A big hand. Celebrate everything God's done. God has great things for us. Amen. And I believe that there's going to be a wisdom this month that we've never had because we're going to do it together for Jesus. We can stand up now and worship our king.
2: coming out if you want to hang out, but if not, i will see ya.